0: Micah, a lovely little prophet towards the end of your Bible, of whom my son is named after, means who is like the Lord, describes much more typically than Jonah the day of the Lord, where uh, the idolatry of Israel, both the northern and southern kingdoms, will be called to account. And the thing about idolatry is, and this is so important for our understanding of the Scripture. It is not just about worshiping other gods, though that is the primary reason it's evil. But in the worshiping of other gods, we end up pursuing and therefore have no life to give them, or they're demonic, and so they're actively perpetrating harm. The New Testament likens uh, all sorts of sins that we're much more familiar with to idolatry, which ought to give us great pause um, in our lives. But in Micah, He's pointing out that in worshiping, in uh, putting up false gods that, again, were either dead or demonic, it led the nation to violence and oppression. People traveling through the nation of Israel were robbed, um, which is a terrible way to gain money, obviously, and it is what idolatry leads to. In chapter 3, verse 8, Micah says, But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might, to declare to Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin. But then he begins this beautiful, this is the, that's the relative conclusion of the end of the first oracle of destruction, And then there's a picture of Israel's future glory. In chapter four, it says, "'It shall come to pass in the latter days "'that the mountain of the house of the Lord "'shall be established as the highest of the mountains. "'It shall be lifted up above the hills "'and people shall flow to it. "'And many nations nations shall come and say, "'Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, "'to the house of the God of Jacob, "'that he may teach us his ways, "'that we may walk in his paths.'" For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide disputes for strong nations far away. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. At this point, I believe Micah is giving a future image of Israel after Jesus returns, when Israel will no longer be the specific place we think of today, but the place where as sin is rolled back and death and disease are rolled back, the people of God will lead the world into peace, away from war, after they beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. And a remnant is left, and so this is following the oracles of chapters 1 through 3, before the future glory of chapter 4 in verses 6 and 7. Excuse me. In verses six and seven he describes the future glory this way, future glory of the people. In that day declares the Lord, I will assemble, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame, and gather those who have been driven away, and those who have been I whom I have afflicted, and the lame I will make the remnant, and those who are cast off a strong nation, and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. This is a beautiful, almost complicated picture of The people who received the good news of Jesus becoming those who will lead this future remnant. And in chapter 5, Micah says, Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. He will shepherd, and he will destroy the idols of the land. And Micah says, and he shall be their peace. Micah then goes on to prophesy that the sin of Israel came from forgetting who God is and what he is about with a retelling of the Exodus in chapter 6, 1 through 7. And then as the antidote to idol worship And the antidote to religion that is only there to manipulate God or oppress people is the beautiful verse that you might have heard. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And then there is a time of darkness in chapter 7. And I believe in 7-7 it's describing the interim between Jesus's Advent, and the return of Christ. And Micah leaves us with a strong, strong word of hope that rests entirely upon the character of God. Who is a God like you? That's Micah's name parsed out. Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. That is hope for the nation of Israel, even though they are about to be in peril. That is hope for Christians who cast their faith on the Lord, knowing he is steadfast. That is hope for the people of Israel. And the character is it's very reflective of the Exodus. And it reminds us that God's steadfast love is forever ours. Thank you.